I've said a hundred times, I try not to like this, you know, there's holding people responsible for their actions. And then there's like the canceling thing. Mm-hmm. And I try to avoid as much of that one as I can. Like I said before, I still listen to like Manson's trip dark of Hollywood. Whereas like that dude's a piece of shit in real life. Right. So like I try not to let Bill Murray's role in meatballs affect the Bill Murray I see in my everyday life. Uh, with that picture of him I have next to my toilet. But that that's a, a whole different can of worms when you're talking about it. Because realistically, you're trying to hold Bill Murray's character that was written for him against Manson in real life. True. Which, um, like, if he's portraying an asshole piece of shit really well in a movie, that's completely different, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess you got a point. It's just, I, you know... And the movie, fuck, man, the 80s were so different for movies. Oh, definitely. Especially because, like, you think of Revenge of the Nerds, one of, like, the biggest, like, college, like, yeah, we're we're doing it. The, the underdogs get in the game and stuff. It's like they perv out on women by putting cameras in their fucking oh, rooms. There's rapes that girl. Yeah, there's literally rape that happens. They spread around a naked picture of one of them in pies and, like... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, the 80s were dark for movies, man. Yeah, dude, it's just like a bunch of sex crimes that they're just like, yep, that's funny. That's the punchline. It's like, oh, shit. I'm horrified to watch this copper mountain because if it's, if it's Alan Thick, perving on women, Mm. 80s style, I could, you know, look past it. But if I have to see like Jim Carrey corner a woman in a bathroom, it's, it's going to be hard to watch other Jim Carrey flicks. Like, Seeing Ace Ventura is like that sexually aggressive. I I can't do it. Yeah, or seeing uh, Robotnik in Sonic the Hedgehog coming out this spring. No. <laughs> Start the show fest early. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Bog Talk. Welcome, welcome. We are back after our long hiatus. That was about a month and a half. We've been gone. Uh, yeah, we did our little scream episode with the Lost in the Bog Boys. Uh, yeah. We might have a Jackass episode that uh, we shot just uh, on opening night of Jackass Forever. Yeah, it should be coming out pretty soon. I, I was not on that one. I was being an old man uh, and, I, <laughs> and had to take care of my herded back because uh, uh, time is a constant villain and it waits for no one. Oh, definitely. And that's what Jackass Forever was all about. Maybe you can listen about it then. Yeah, I guess I will know all about the uh, horrors of mortality. It's probably a good thing I wasn't on that one because I was watching the whole time. They're like, they're going to hurt themselves. (laughs) Oh, Johnny, stop. We love you already. I don't know why that'd be the voice in my head. (laughs) Brooklyn and. Yeah, you're just like the worried mother. Oh, 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 Johnny. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, man. Uh, we uh we we spent some time away. Uh, we're coming back though. We're we're uh we're trying to come back at you guys full force. There's a little more Marvel chug, 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 us, so, um, and other miscellaneous things that we can talk about as well. Yeah, yeah, the nerd stuff, man. That's, yeah, man. That's what we're here to talk about. Maybe we'll do Peacemaker when Mike finally catches up. When I finally, dude, I've been so bad about watching stuff. I just. I followed like Critical Role. I don't know if you watch it. YouTubers. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Mercer. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of other voice actors. They play D&D. Well, they just made uh, the animated version of their first campaign. Oh, shit. Is, uh, the first season's now on Amazon. And like, dude, hmm. I followed Critical Role like tightly for a long time. I lost it towards the end of their last campaign. I haven't watched any other new one. <clears throat> just run out of time to do stuff. And 
it took me forever. I slept on it. I watched the first two episodes today before we started recording this, and it has like no business being as good as it is. Hell yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a huge D&D like, proponent. I'm a forever DM. So like watching the animated version of the campaign the guy wrote for his friends to run, and they were like, hey, maybe people will watch this. So they streamed it on Geek and Sundry. Like, I don't know. It's really cool. Uh, to see and it's you know it's it's definitely I'm not just gonna sit here and totally review it but one of the best things about it is the characters in the show uh, talk like their characters did during the campaign um, there's one bit and uh, any critter fans out there will will recognize it they go to uh, they get to a door that's locked and all of them are failing to open it and they spend like an hour standing there trying to pick this lock before finally one guy just grabs a toothpick and is like click and they go in. Um, and it's it's a reference to the fact that during that campaign, the 400 hours or whatever it is that there is on YouTube, they were like consistently bad at their lock picking roles. Um, so you know it's it's great. That's uh, that show is fantastic. Maybe when that wraps up, uh, I'll do a we'll do a mini sode on that, and I can just rant more about D and D stuff. But. That's not what we're here to talk about today. Right. That's enough shilling about the stuff that we're not going to talk about because right. maybe we'll get to those pretty soon. Yeah. A little, little palate, palate, palatize and palate. It's not a cleanser. I, I messed that up. I lost the metaphor and we're going to move on. Dare I say season two of the blog talk. Dare we say indeed. Or year because realistically we went through four seasons. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, I just got that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. That's going to do it. But I don't. I'm just kidding. Keep listening. We got more great stuff for you. Um, hey, if we're going by fucking Marvel miniseries like Hawkeye, then we've gone through uh, damn near nine. Or, no, it'd be, it'd be like eight, maybe. Like eight miniseries of Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we got, there's, there's a lot to come too. We got what? We got, okay, so we got coming out. Before we get into what we're going into today, let's just go to the game. But first up, we got Moon Knight coming next month. Ugh, Moon Knight looks so cool. And they've said that it's a limited series with a lot of uh, creative freedom. Which to me sounds a whole lot like they're like, we're not going to go for a season two. We're going to use this to introduce the character, and then he's going to be in the universe. I don't think he's going to be in the Midnight Suns. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, So we got that. We've got She-Hulk with the absolutely fantastic Tatiana Balsani. I'm so excited to see that show, actually, because, like, fucking fast-talking, witty superhero that is fourth-wall-breaking but also a Hulkling. It's, yeah. It's dude. fucking sick. It's it's going to be great. She's fantastic. I've watched everything she's been in. She's amazing. Orphan Black, if you haven't seen it, she plays like seven different roles. The clones of herself that all interact with each other. And she absolutely nails every role. It's fantastic. Oh, that's fun. Um, oh, spoilers for the first episode there, by the way. Wow. I mean, if, if it's the first episode, it's, yeah, that's not much of a spoiler. It's like, it's like 10 minutes in. Right, it's like saying like, "Oh, Game of Thrones, that first episode, kid gets crippled." And you're like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody told me about that." Yeah. You know, you see the, the the siblings doing the do. Yeah, it seems like a pretty common knowledge plot point there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the oh, God, what, what movie? We got Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. That's in what April? 
May, I believe. And the rumors surrounding that movie have me all sorts of hyped, confused, almost not looking forward to it, but also extremely looking forward to it. It's super weird. I don't know, man. If they're trying to cram as many people as they're like, a lot of people are trying to go off the handle and saying, yeah. It just sounds like it's going to be just like a, oh, and here's this cameo, and then the cameo happens, and then this cameo happens, and then this well, see, cameo I think, happens. I think we've lost the uh, the art of the cameo in, in rumors. Mm-hmm. Like a cameo is a character showing up and doing something to either progress the plot or to like introduce something that's going to happen later. Right. Uh, you or a cameo can be done for fun, but usually that's yeah, or like an inside joke. Yeah. You know? Um. What was it? Uh. Luis Guzman in uh, Community. That was a cameo. Yeah. He was on screen for like two scenes, said like four lines, but like the whole episode revolved around like, oh, is Luis Guzman actually going to show up? And then he does, and he's like, "What the hell's going on here?" And that's it. That's a Luis Guzman cameo. Mm-hmm. Um. Like the. Like the Matt Damon uh, cameo in uh, Euro Trip. Euro Trip, exactly. That's perfect. Where people like, didn't oh, realize shit, it was Matt, Matt Damon. Damon, but he's not—he's not there to be in the movie. He's there to be like, hey, check it out. Hey, I'm the lead singer of this band for the. the how, how crazy the is it movie. that got me to do this? Like, yeah. Uh, so, like with Marvel, like if if by cameos they're saying that like we're gonna see like a guy that might be the Silver Surfer, like let's say Howard the Duck and. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't a cameo. It was it was a reference. Like, hey, look, it's Howard the Duck. Hey, look, it's that thing. Hey, look, it's the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, right. Oh, Cosmo the dog, but he hasn't said anything and he hasn't shown his power off. Yeah. So it's like you know, sure, there's there's reference, but like the the cameo doesn't happen at that often. And now it's going to now that we've got. <clears throat> All new Avengers, or if the whoever the fuck the Avengers are right now. Well, we're getting a new lineup pretty quickly lately. Yeah. Like, let's see, WandaVision showed us Speed and Wiccan, so that's two of them right there. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier showed us that Patriot is an existing person within the universe yeah. who could potentially get the Super Soldier Serum from his granddad. Uh, so again, that's what happens in the comics. Uh, Iron Heart is being introduced. Him, I don't think they're ever going to make him a Super Soldier. Why not? It's going to be kind of hard for Sam Wilson to defeat him if he is. Unless he... But he's not a bad guy. I feel like they're kind of building him up to be like a bad guy that gets a redemption arc. Nah, Patriot is just... He's big love for Captain America because his granddad was technically Captain America. I would... uh... I say technically because nobody... Nobody in the universe talked about it. It was a well-hidden secret. Wait. Wait. Steve Rogers was his granddad? No. Oh. Okay. No. I'm I'm not as familiar with, like, Patriot as... Uh, Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. Oh, I thought we were talking about U.S. Agent. My brain got confused. No, 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 yeah. Yeah, U.S. Agent's a bad guy. Yeah. U.S. agent's a bad guy. Patriot is the son of Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, we did get to meet him, so maybe. I mean, maybe they'll bring him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would love to see that, but then all of a sudden it's going to play all sorts of hell with, like, 
people being like, Steve Rogers could have a kid when he went back in time and lived with Peggy, because she said she had two kids with the Mystery Man in, in the Agent Carter series. It's like nobody wants that. We we want things that actually happen in the comics. Yeah, we want and like if it's not something that happened in the comics, make it better than like oh look, Captain America had kids, so we got Captain America again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants that. No, Sam has had to fucking earn that shield. Yeah, exactly. Sam is Captain America, and I can't wait for Cap Four. It's gonna be a while, but it's gonna yeah, be sweet. It's gonna be a while. Um, but like I was saying. Well, kind of forever is going to be introducing Ironheart. So, like, we already got, like, we got Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Again, uh, I'm sure Cassie Lang will somehow be introduced in her role as stature. For her. Yeah, they recast her as, like, a more prominent actress, yeah. which is, oh, man, such a slap in the face of that one girl. It's like, oh, we're, we're expanding the role, but we don't want you to be in the role. And, like... Yeah, with that, we'll have, we'll literally have the entire Young Avengers team. And if they bring back Kid Loki from the last season of Loki, yeah. we literally have everybody that was ever a fucking Young Avenger. And then America Chavez, like, it's game over, man. They're literally just doing Young Avengers, like, full sail. Yeah, which, you know, we've got years until that team gets assembled and we get uh, Avengers 6. Yeah, it'll be like 2030. And then we'll then we'll see what they're going to call it. Um, if it'll just have another... It'll be like the reboot title where it's just Avengers. Yeah, right? Like, like, uh, like Five Cream. Yeah, like Five Cream. Why not call it just stab with an eight for the B? Come on. You all know what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, so, yeah. So, so on this one, uh, with that, uh, that little what we're up to, what we're going to be up to recap, um, we are going to be finishing up the Hawkeye series and touching on the uh, – I hesitate to use the word lukewarm – I would say lukewarm is pretty good for it. Honestly, um, there is a mini series within this movie that uh, yeah. would have really hit better instead of doing the, oh, what are they doing right now? Oh, but like, check out this flashback, dude. That's how important they are to one another. Okay, now we're back in it, and yeah. like, we're going to move on to the next scene. Yeah, but these people, this is how close they are to put it. And it's like, we could have just established all of their characters with just like starting in the past and just running through like a, a few scenes with these people and then being like, oh, and now in the present day, just like give us a fucking prelude. Uh, Don't give us fucking 14 different flashbacks. So as you can tell, Alex already does have a lot to say about this one since the Eternals we will be covering as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I, I, I get lost in the sauce about some certain things when like, it comes to pacing issues in movies. I'm like, what's especially, especially Eternals. Wait, you, you know what? Let's just, well, let's just start right off the bat with Eternals. We'll hit Hawkeye at the end here. Yeah. Hawkeye will be our closer. So you, you bring up pacing and you use, you said that there was a mini series inside this movie. And I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Eternals needed to be a mini series. Yeah, it would have let us build the characters more rather than like us being like, oh, this is an uphill fucking battle for anything to happen in between this shit. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the the cast. They all did very well in their roles and stuff. Like, I didn't think that there was any like subpar acting or anything like that. The no, effects no, no, no. were fine. 
the the storyline overall was like pretty good, but when you're stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting all of these character introductions and like relationships and bonding experiences and stuff, but then also trying to sprinkle in like this, like mystery, like who done it, what's going on kind of thing. Like, yeah, it was just, much. yeah, exactly. There's too many cooks in this movie and th- that's always the downfall of doing a team movie right off the bat. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have not enough time or not gonna have enough time to be able to fully explore a character. Like a character that's got like super interesting far reaching implications like Fastos. Right. Um so you know, <clears throat> up top we're talking about there being too many people. It it's it's it is kind of a name salad here. We've got Gemma Chan playing Cersei, mm-hmm. Richard Madden of Game of Thrones fame, uh Rob Stark, he's playing Icarus. Angelina Jolie is yeah. Thena. Thena? I forgot how they pronounce Thena. it. Thena. Uh, Salah Hayek, Ajak, the leader. The barely in it. Fucking, barely in it. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, so much potential. But Gianni playing uh, Kingo. He was he was a great addition. To this yeah, he was really good. Very um, likable in this role. Leah McHugh playing Sprite. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. I really liked I'm him, too. On him a little bit when we get yeah. Him. He was one of the more like well personified characters because you get to see his actual family life, I suppose. Exactly. That's that's a part I'm going to hit on uh, pretty pretty heavily. Uh, Lauren Mid- Lauren Riddleoff, uh, Makari, Barry Keoghan as Druig, and Ma Dengsiok as Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh was pretty good too. He was fantastic. I that guy I was. Uh, God, what movie was he in? He was in Train to Busan, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, directed by Chloe Zhao, um, there was a lot of talk during the entire production of this movie that she was like given her full freedom to do what she wanted, so that we the Eternals we see isn't marred by like uh, director versus studio commentary. Actually, there's a lot coming out that this cast uh, all worked really well. It was a very collaborative effort into making the Eternals that we ended up seeing, which very cool. As we said, ended up being kind of lukewarm because of pacing issues. Now, I think mm-hmm. if you look at this movie, all of the elements that it introduces, uh, the Celestials, the Eternals, uh, we, I almost forgot to mention Kit Harrington. I don't know how I did that. I'm obsessed with him. Um, as Dane Whitman, he's kind of a side character, gets a post-credit scene. Yeah, he's all lovey-dovey on um, Cersei. Cersei. Yeah. Which Game of Thrones fans should find kind of hilarious mm-hmm. because he Cersei killed his family in Game of Thrones. Right. That's what I love about yeah. Marvel, bringing in people from other and, IPs well, and stuff. Okay, that... Mm. So I was about to reference H. Ultron, but okay. They have... <laughs> Hold on to it, guys. Uh, because there was one thing I wanted out of this movie the second the casting was announced. Before we saw any of them standing on stage at a Comic-Con together, when they said their names, and they said Kit Harrington and Richard Madden were going to be in this movie, I was like, somebody of one of those two needs to make some kind of reference at each other. Because in Game of Thrones, it's like the second episode, maybe even the first one, where they're like... Next time I see you, you're going to be in all black. He's like, next time I see you, you're going to be Lord of Winterfell. And they never see each other again and are both involved in horrible, horrible tragedies for the rest of their lives. 
both dying. Game of Thrones spoilers, whatever. If you haven't seen it, you're not going to, because you know how it ends and it's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows that it had a botched ending. It's like Dexter, man. People people don't know the wonders of the first four seasons of Dexter unless they watched it all and then also watched The New Blood, which I also heard was um, divisive, to say the least. I have not watched it yet because I'm scared. I was already disappointed by Dexter's ending once. I don't want to do it again. And not hearing stellar reviews has made me not want to take a risk. Oh, I had it spoiled, and I, I'm not a fan, but I didn't see it play out either. So Yeah, see, if I, I, that's the thing. Is I want to watch it play out. I haven't read any spoilers. I didn't, I didn't no way home myself with this one. Right. Um, so back to Eternals, my thing, my beef with Richard Madden is in Kit Harrington is there was never one subtle nod in a universe that exists and now has a multiverse. You couldn't give me one, like have him wearing a black jacket with black pants when he sees Richard Madden. That would have been enough for me because then the next time he saw him, he was all in black. Ha 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 ha. Mike's itch scratched. But wait, he goes, are you talking oh. about seeing Kit Harrington's character in All Black? Yeah. They're, they're referencing the Black Knight that he is. I, but the thing is, when, when huh? fucking, uh, what's his nuts, Rob Stark, I just, I know them as a Game of Thrones characters, so I'm just going to go with that. When Rob Stark fair. sees Kit Harrington again, he's like, oh, this is Dane, like, we're dating. He goes, hello, and that's it. He, like, nods at him. He's wearing, like, a white button-up shirt. That's it. That's gone. Like, and then fucking spoilers. No, I just got it. No, you just got what? Okay, it's still working. I just got the Windows Eleven. Hey, we got a new update. Oh yeah. I said at another time. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck Anyways, you! I'll do it uh, on my own time." There was no, there was no reference. There was no nod whatsoever. Like, because he's not the Black Knight yet. Yeah, I mean, realistically, with the way that they made the Celestials or the Eternals like robot things, kind of. Yeah. It seems like that it's possible that we could just bring him back. Like, if they do that, because all they need is the judge take, to permit them to just keep on fucking guarding. Take away half of the emotional pull, the weak emotional pull that that movie had. Bro, that fucking scene did nothing for me. I was like, why did he even do that? Because he betrayed... Because he did his job? What? Like, he was in the wrong. That's the thing. It's like, he wasn't actually a villain. He was literally their brother. That He was doing what they were supposed to do in the first fucking place. He knew his job and his place, and that was what okay, he was okay. doing. You're he was the devoted to the cause. You're supposed to be an apologist for someone who's just following orders. Oh, come on. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> like, the, they were given a, a mission by legitimately a space god that was basically like, your planet is going to birth another space god. And then you know what they did? They killed that space god and let the egg sit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, and then he was like, bro, I can't believe I no, fucking went against my fucking family. And then he flew into the fucking sun because his name is Icarus and they can't have a fucking ounce of subtlety. Yeah. I, I, I can't argue that. But what I can say is that the 
Uh, Icarus flying himself into the sun. I could be kind of like a like self fulfilling prophecy, but like really just kind of ham fisted. Mm-hmm. Like all those stories got told. And they even mentioned at one point like those stories that were told about him flying too close to the sun. They kind of reference it a little bit, and then he actually flies into it. So like. It's not subtle, no. Um, but like you know, it, it was it was kind of I kind of liked it. Again, I'm a shill. This movie sits a little higher it, on the shelf for me than like say Thor two. Oh my not god, much. I don't know. I might want to watch Thor two over the Eternals, realistically, just because like like I said, the pacing issues really drove this down for me. Because like you get a lot of. Oh, hey, this is this character. And then it's like, but this is what these two characters went through together. So you have the backstory now. Okay, now we're back. And it's like, bro, come on. Just like, let me see how they act. And then maybe do a flashback later that's like fully composed. and Or like, just do a prologue. Yeah, we come back to the fact that this should have been a miniseries. Because, yeah, there's just too many start and stop moments where it's like, you need to have the homework done prior to like know more of the effect of what this conversation is holding. And they do it kind of backwards in that respect, whereas they hold the conversation and then they show you the flashback as to why that conversation needs to be important. Yeah. And like, <sighs> and it like to that to me is just, that's just, I don't know. It's just kind of lazy, like editing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whose whose final creative choice that was, but it's like, you know, give me the emotional weight and then show me the thing. Don't show me the thing and then tell me why it has emotional weight. Yeah. You can do that once, maybe twice. Like, you know, a dying character revealing that something they always carried was like a keepsake of a long lost loved one or uh, a life once lived or something like that. Sure. I'll take that. Right. That's more of like a characterization moment. Like they do the whole thing where they're like, Oh, Fastos, you can build this thing for us. And he's like, Oh, I don't know if I should do that. You guys said that I shouldn't do that anymore. And then we get the flashback of him trying to introduce the steam engine to Babylon and then being like, no way, dude, that'll freak them the hell out. Like, absolutely not. And he's like, fine, fine. You know, I'm going to ever use any of my stuff. We'll go back to trinkets. Like, here's a plow. That's what it does. Like he made a fucking nuke. Yeah. Then he, yeah. That, explained that he was the one that helped them build his, a nuke. Yeah, then, then they show him actually having his moment of crisis, like later on. And at this mm-hmm. point, like, He's already exiled himself and like we're supposed to like feel bad that they're even going to try to involve him in this. And then they show why we should feel bad after they've already involved him. And it was like, I feel like we should cover that before we have the big emotional scene. Right. Yeah. That way we have the information and then you have the payoff. You know, you kind of have to have set up. And then payoff. You can't do payoff and then the setup. Yeah. That's where, like, if this was, if I were to be conducting this, uh, conducting, uh, if I were to be editing this as a series, each episode would progress the plot, the main plot of the movie, which was uh, Ajax's murder leading mm-hmm. into uh, investigation as to what's going on. A fucking have chasing that, a goose. Have that play out for every episode, but start each episode with the backstory of the character that is going to be making the big decision, because it was very clear that every character had their pivotal choice to make in the progression of the story. And it even went one by one. Mm -hmm. So you could start with a, you know, a 45 minute episode showing fastest trying to introduce the steam engine and then 
standing amidst the ruins of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and feeling the weight of what he had done and then start the episode where they're going to try to get Fastos back. So that by the time when he comes out and he sees them standing there, when you first see it in the movie, it's just like, oh, he like was done doing a thing and wanted to lead a human life. And then it's like, oh, wait, he was responsible for one of the most hideous atrocities. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like, that's that's why he didn't want to go back. But by then, by the time we see that, he's already said, like, yeah, I'll consider coming back. Whereas if we saw him standing amidst the rubble at Hiroshima at the beginning of an episode. And then they show and up that, on his doorstep and he's like. <sighs> and it cuts from the scene where he's talking to Ajax and he's like, I'm done. I'm going to go. I'm going to do something. And then we see them on their way to go get him and we wait a few more minutes. And then he's standing on the doorstep when they come up and his kid is talking to the people he never wanted to see again. Mm-hmm. Immediately entrenching them back in his life. That emotional review would have punched you right in the gut. I'd be like, Jesus, how can you do this to this guy? He's finally moved on and you're going to try to drag him back in. Like, right. And then it gives his acceptance of the mission more weight because it's like, yeah, dude, it's everyone's going. Like, Yeah. All aboard is coming aboard at this point. And yeah, I, I love that his introduction specifically makes the fact that DC Comics is canon. I have so many questions about that. dude yeah a little kid runs up to him and goes dad it's superman it's superman he's like what and he's like yeah you shoot laser beams from your eyes and you fly around and stuff and i'm like you got a cape he's like i don't have a cape no superman got a cape yeah <laughs> um yeah dude it, that okay so yeah let's, like yeah let's, I, I, I don't know so there's two separate dc references um, establishing that there is the DC universe is a wider thing that comic books are a wider thing in this and we've seen we already saw what was and, the other one uh, he asked um, when he's talking to uh, Camille Nanjiani's uh, butler slash driver mm-hmm. um, and they're talking to him and he's like oh I do everything for him I, the logistics the driving blah, blah, blah. Goes, so you're basically Bat- or, uh, Alfred right and he's like yes basically like oh so we now know that Batman is canon Meaning the argument of Batman versus Tony Stark 100% exists with like real life numbers to back it up in the MCU universe. That's funny. Um, now that we have the multiverse, that could potentially allow for some crossover. Dude, if you can give me a crossover, give me Batclaw played by Hugh Jackman. I don't know who needs me to do what to get that to happen. But I got to be honest, barring a very small list of things, I'm open to it. I will let you goddamn ramshackle me if that gets the money to fucking fund Hugh Jackman being Batclaw. And you know what? If we're doing that, I want. Because he said he wouldn't do another one of those movies without Patrick Stewart, right? Yeah. I want Patrick Stewart as Krang. That's right. Bring all of them in. Is Krang? Yeah. TMNT, dude. <laughs> that wouldn't even be as far of a stretch as the, the Marvel ones because of how TMNT is already linked to Daredevil. But could you imagine like a little brain squid thing? But he sounds like this. Oh my God, dude. It would be beautiful. That would be hilarious. Get me those turtles. <laughs> dude, it'd be <laughs> so great, dude. Um, But yeah, so... Eternals, one of the other big issues, like we said, is it killing off its quote-unquote villain. 
Oh. Yeah, because he didn't really deserve it. And I kind of expected more people to die. Uh, I think we're going to hear about fallout from that fucking black hole opening and yanking a bunch of satellites out of the sky. No, I mean, like, the Eternals. Like, I thought more characters were actually going to just get off and stuff. Technically, Sprite's going to die now. At some point, yeah, but I thought, like, she might have just died in battle because she decided to side with Icarus at the end. It would have made an emotional impact, but... You could have seen what his actions had wrought, and that would give him good motivation to be like, kill oh my himself. God, what have I done, dude? I caused Sprite's the death dead. of Sprite, and, and she always had, like, a thing for him, too. And that would be far better motivation for him to fly into the sun. You know what? I'm but then we couldn't get the stupidest fucking thing ever. I still got my power from the Unimind. I think I could make you mortal. What? Like, what? Um... Now, I'm going to go down a road here that I'm not really qualified to go down, but it was a thought that I had as soon as that happened. So Sprite, hundreds and hundreds of years old, right? Yeah. Like thousands. Could you imagine if you made that mortal immediately and it just had all of the effects of that shit hit immediately? She's the equivalent of what, like a 15, 16-year-old girl? I think that's how old the actress is. Boom! Right in the middle of menstruation. <laughs> You just went from being a superpowered being being crippled five days five days a month. <laughs> like, sorry, kid, you made the wish. You made the wish. That and was now. my first thought. I was like, that fucking sucks. Like, I'm a guy, and I've I've lived with women for a long time, and I know how bad that shit is. But can you imagine living as a superpowered being for thousands of years, and then boom, you get your period? That's gotta suck, dude. Yeah, I didn't really think about that because they are kind of like robot things. So, like, they didn't really have, like, wait, do they have reproductive organs? Because, like, homeboy? They, they they have the organs because they definitely fucked on those rocks. Yeah, they, they got the organs, but do they have the... the ass sex seat. And you know what? It's so fantastic that now I can bring this up at the first episode of season two. Hey, you can see the tip. No, no, I'm kidding. Okay. I was like, wait, I got to see Richard Madden's penis. It was a joke going around being like, in the IMAX perspective, you can see the tip. No, um, so when we first started talking about this, I had a like 15 fucking minute rant about how great Marvel uh, Netflix was at showing the realities of super people sex and not just the physical aspect, but the the emotional aspect. Like, these super people are going to be lonely as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, if Jessica Jones super strength and Luke Cage super strength, we see what that does in the uh, <clears throat> in their sex scene. With this right, one, yeah. Two super powered robots who are vanilla as shit. <laughs> like, you are. So it was supposed to be tasteful, Michael. Tasteful, my ass, dude. They've been together for thousands of years, and they're finally hooking up for the first time, dude. I'm not trying to be super too vulgar here, but there's gonna be some hair pulling, some biting going on. Not no three hours of longing look in the missionary position, like. <laughs> Come on. You don't think they would just do like straight up man on top of woman missionary with just prolonged eye contact? 
not for that long because we see the passage of time in that sex scene showing that they were at it all day because like later on we find out they're robots right which or- is like that means during the design phase Arishem was like I should make sure they can bang but not make more babies and give them the desire to bang even though the desire to bang is genetically to make more babies so that'll just I'm sure that won't throw any wrenches in my eons-long plans. I feel like that would almost lead to hedonism in like an immortal being. Oh, absolutely. Like feeling like a certain kind of pleasure like that would just like lead to like a well, why don't I just do the things that give me the most pleasure? Oh, dude, yeah, we talked about destiny earlier. Uh there is a whole subsect in the lore about these the superpowered beings in that game, the guardians. When they first woke up, they didn't have any instruction. And they were just like, I can't die. So they became like violent warlords. And stuff Jesus. Like rounding people up and like making them subjects. Yeah, dude, it was like a whole feudal age thing. That's, that's 100% what would happen if mm-hmm. you gave these immortal superpowered robots free will. I, I'm sorry. That's, that you're telling me not one of the 12. No, no. One did kind of. A little bit. Drew. Uh, he made a little sex call like he was Jared Leto or something. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because a lot of people really want that actor to play the Joker for the Bat- Matt Reeves. I was going to say the Bat Reeves <laughs> Matt Man films. The Bat Reeves, that's what it is now. Yeah, the, the Bat Reeves Matt Man world. <laughs> Matt Man. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I. Yeah, so that vanilla ass sex scene was kind of. I'm not. I'm not. It's like, funny though. I'm not like going into every Marvel movie being like, oh, it's your tits. But like. Could you imagine though? If that was, like, the thing. You know how, like, horror movies had the trend of, like, every movie got titties? Yeah. Could you imagine if there was, like, a subset of Marvel films where it was, like, hey, yo. It's it's one of the titty ones. I think for sure they're going to show fucking Scarlet Witch's titties in the next movie. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, dude, just trust me. Things are going to (laughs) happen. It's like, why would they ever do that? Yeah, that'd be a really weird strategy for Marvel to go down. Right. You know... It's been fuck, 13 years of Marvel movies or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, just about now. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that at some point the the tide will break. But, uh, but we're going to reach a point of diminishing returns at some point as every franchise eventually does some sooner in DC verse than later. DC verse is trying to patch itself together so hard. It's still trying, which I find adorable. Yeah. That they're like, no, we're doing a multiverse too. We're just going to say it is. No, dude, you know what they're doing? A hard reset. That's what the fucking flashpoint movie is. Kidding me. That's a hard reset. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, bro. They're rebooting it. It's just the new 52 all over again, man. Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, you want to come back? No. Well, actually, Gal Gadot has a Wonder Woman 3 in the production stage. Ew. Yeah, and then we got Aquaman 2. We got Batgirl, or Batwoman. We got uh, Blue Beetle. We got uh, Shazam 2. We got Black just, Adam. Just stop, DC. <laughs> they gotta try, just, man. Just, you gotta try. No, they need to go with the elsewhere, or elsewhere stuff, like they did with fucking Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Oh, you mean like in Joker 2? Yeah, they they announced the Joker 2. Yeah. They doing it. 
I guess never fucking mind then. Yeah. Nothing is sacred and no. everything is for sale. Everything's a franchise now. Get with the picture. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm not going to sit here and Scorsese it because I'm a huge fan of the Marvel and Star Wars We're movies. literally doing an episode on a Marvel movie. Of course we love it. Of course we love this shit, you know? I, I will I will shill for Marvel stuff all day. I'm here giving Eternals a preemptive score of seven because... What? Yeah. You know, because because of the implications. There's no <laughs> significance for you. Um, Damn it. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good reference. I don't thought so. Um, <laughs> it's... But... The DC movies just there's so much rich material out there. As we've seen, Joker's great. The mm-hmm. Matt Reeves is gonna be great. Oh my god, it looks so good. I wanna fucking Unless it comes out and somehow abandons what we've seen in the trailers and is just awful. That'd be hilarious. Like, like the trailers aren't even in the fucking movie. They just like shot a bunch of extra shit for the trailers in the movie. Yeah. It's just like wacky bullshit Batman Forever stuff. Fucking Chris O'Donnell. Playing Two Face, why not? That'd be really funny, That'd actually. Be really funny. Oh my god. Um, you, you guys can have that one for free because it seems like you're trying fucking anything. Yeah. Blue Beetle movie. Hey, Just, Blue Beetle's great. Jaime uh, Reeves. Make a Beetleborgs movie. Why the fuck would we make a Beetleborgs movie? Right, nah, dude. Blue Beetles. Wait. Beetles. Blue Beetle is like Nova from. Uh, the, the Marvel universe where like, it's like this kid that found alien technology, but this alien technology is inherently evil and like wants to kill people. So like he needs to basically fight against it and use it to fight crime and stuff. Hmm. You know what? I'll give it a fair shake. I always try to, um, he has his own little Iron Man like, suit. What are they going to do? Are they going to like, Oh, this guy's like, no, no Superman, and Superman's like, I might know someone that could help in this fight or whatever. Because no, because God, you know what? If they're gonna hard reboot, all I ask, just leave Superman out of it for like a few movies. Well, I mean, Super uh, Supergirl is about to be the the mainstay, like Kryptonian. Fuck. Because she's gonna be in the Flash movie, and then her own movie after that. Dude. Just that's that's my main problem with the DC movies. The second you introduce a Kryptonian, you have to show Kryptonite, and it's just it's. it's I mean, you don't have to show Kryptonite. If you you don't, then why not just fly through the building and all the gunfire and grab the guy and be done with it? Because you need the razzle dazzle. Yeah, well, I mean, like I'm saying, I'm talking uh, like keeping. Yeah, no, in universe, you need the razzle dazzle. Yeah. That would basically be my excuse. If I was Superman and if somebody was like, hey, man, why don't you just like zoom in at super speed, like grab the hostages, get them out of there safely because everybody knows you're a brick wall of steel. So realistically, you could stop them from getting whiplash by just putting them up against you and then like fucking taking out the bad guys. And he'd be like, I don't know, man, it's more about the 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 sprinklings of some nice showmanship. You know, See, I bust I, in. I and I'm like, hey, what up? For sure. But like. Well, Batman's all about the fear. He doesn't want you to see him. Yeah. But with Superman, like, I don't know. I, I just, I've always had a problem with the fact that every story is Superman can fix it until he can't because of this rock. And then we find a way to get like an, I don't know, an anti-rock. Um, yeah. It's because it's either that or it's somebody that is at least of the same powers level. Yeah. So like you need somebody 
is also Kryptonian or like Shazam or Black Adam because yeah. those then, are two characters that are technically on his power level. Immediately takes the turn where it's like, okay, then what the fuck is Batman doing here? Like, he's fucking cheering him on. Yeah, like if I was Doomsday, I would have just smushed Batman like right off the bat. Right, that one doesn't seem to be flying. But yeah, he's just a guy. <laughs> like, I mean, he's pretty much just super rich. Blah 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 blah. It's a guy. Master tactician. It's like, nah, dude, why why are some of the best Batman yeah. stories the ones where Bruce is dead and his family is picking up the pieces? Exactly. Those are the ones that I've been enjoying. Uh, like, sometimes Batman got to fail. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. I, I think that's, well, I mean, if we want to dive into Batman stories, we're like, I think that's one of the reasons Batman's infinitely more interesting than a Superman story to me. Is mm-hmm. because He has room to fail. Constant, imminent, like, not just room to fail. It's like an imminent threat that, like, one errant gunshot to an unarmored part of his body, and he's dead. Someone pulls off that mask, and he's Bruce Wayne. Everything collapses around him. And then the, we do get those stories sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like whatever the, I don't even. I didn't even. I didn't even finish Titans. I don't know if they wrap that up with like a two second post credit scene, like they have they do with all their important stories. But oh no, he he fucking dipped. Oh, so he's not dead. He's just gone. Yeah, he, he straight up just left. He killed the Joker and he left. Yeah, I know, exactly. It's just so inherently wrong just saying that sentence out loud that it's like, if you ever had any interest in watching Titans, don't even fucking start just it. Don't, don't start it, man. Like, I, I'm going to watch the I next season, but I, I don't want to. Like, uh, Hawk and Dove are great. Their whole... But they blew up Hawk so he could go be Jack Reacher. Yep. Which, good for him. Yeah, you know, good for him for taking a role from Tom Cruise. Atta boy. All right. Um, I, 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 I want to get too far off here. Um, yeah, because we've been talking about Eternals and we somehow yeah. fucking skid it all the way into the DC universe. It's um, easy to go off on those tangents. I mean, honestly, I mean, let's be real. Half hour and we've said what needs to be said about Eternals. Well, we can also go over the fact that they literally have been setting up the Midnight Suns without referencing it, besides like them being like, oh, we're making a video game about it. But like, we're getting Black Knight already established. Yep. Blade was the one that came up to him and was like, hey, man, are you sure you want to stake? Like, you sure you're ready for that? Yeah, you sure you want the, the uh, ever so- or the, what the fuck was that sword called? The Ebony Blade? Ebony Blade. Yeah. And then you get Noon Knight. About to get his series. All they really need is like Ghost Rider or somebody else that's like magic related. And they got fucking their own little Midnight Suns and stuff. Realistically, they could even throw fucking Doctor Strange in the mix with that too. They could. I, you know, and especially because I didn't realize until, and we'll touch more on it next week, uh, until No Way Home, he's not Sorcerer Supreme anymore. Nope. He got demoted. Well, he was dead, so they had to yeah. pick a new Sorcerer Supreme. For a technicality, as he says it. Yeah. Um, which, a uh, little quick preview for next week. Fun bit found out. Um, do you know why Doctor Strange says Scooby-Doo this shit? Because Warner Brothers is an actual company within the Marvel Universe. Not just that. Apparently, there was a, a, con- a contractual issue back during uh, Roger Rabbit where they allowed some of their characters to be used. Uh, Warner Bros. allowed them to use some of their characters. Mm -hmm. And then when it came time to make Space Jam, 
they wanted to use Disney characters, but Disney said no. And then and Disney like, was like, we're going to go with Final Fantasy and make Kingdom Hearts. So they started these this petty-ass little jab war at each other of legally referencing each other to the line. And that's why Doctor Strange says Scooby-Doo this shit. And Tom Holland's people, they none of them even really... I mean, she says, you know, please would be nice or whatever. That I know a couple magic words, mm-hmm. whatever she says. But the reason none of them say it is because they're Sony property. And Sony was like, uh-uh, none of our characters are getting involved with your little beef right, from uh, 25, 30 years ago. Scooby-Doo this shit. I saw so many people online being like, bro, if you left at that Scooby-Doo line, you're fucking weak. It's so cringe. I thought it was hilarious. Right? It's like sometimes a cringy line is just like, you know, the the, 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 the low-hanging fruit. He was the fuck. He's dadding them. It was a dad thing. Like right. A dad joke. Exactly. He's also yeah, just commenting like, oh, fucking bunch of kids. All you'll know is cartoons. Because like yeah. he even had to say to Peter, oh, you know, I just I, I forget that you're a kid sometimes. Yeah, it's there. There was one. Anyway, that's that's. Yeah, we'll get to that next week. For next week. Um, so uh, finishing thoughts on Eternals. Unless you got more. They dropped motherfucking Star Fox in the MCU. And he's played by goddamn Harry Styles. Dude, I mean, like. Right? It could be worse. It could be worse. It could be worse because, like, at least he seems like he's willing to really put forth the effort to act and, and like, be charismatic. Role, you know? Exactly. He was talking to a troll version of Patton Oswalt. Yes, I'm so happy Patton's <laughs> back in the MCU, dude. Even Yet again, it's gonna be a cameo, and we don't get it for another like three years or whatever. We get to see this character again, mm-hmm. dude. I was so happy when I heard his voice. Um, I loved Agent Koenig and all the Koenigs. Yeah. And, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was literally the only part of that show I enjoyed. Yep. We don't talk about MODOK. Moment of silence. Mm-hmm. And there we go. What so, could have been? What could have been? Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that he's, he's in the MCU as another fun character. Um, and, and going forward... Oh, God, if we could get him and Rocket to interact in some way. Oh, that'd be fun. You get the brother of Thanos to fucking be shit-talking the Guardians or something like that because now Adam Warlock's about to be on the scene. Oh, yeah, he's going to get involved in that shit, too. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. Do the galactic stuff they're about to do with, like, Love and Thunder and fucking Guardians 3 and the Guardians Christmas special. It's going to be wild. Which I wonder if Guardians three will come out before the Christmas special, or I, if the Christmas special well, comes Christmas out first. Special was this year, and Guardians three is next. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Um, Zoe Saldana has been posting a whole lot on Instagram, and I'm not saying I follow Zoe Saldana all that closely. Hmm. <clears throat> Who doesn't look at her? I know, right? Anyways, she's in um, some of the most fucking gross earning fucking movies, man. She's likable. She's fantastic. Fucking love Zoe Saldana. Um. But they, she's been posting a lot of stuff on Instagram these past few weeks of uh, these like funny little clips. I don't know who is directing them on their social media, like the social media team at Disney for this, but it has been fantastic because, you know, the whole thing with like actors and stuff, they have to stay in shape for their roles. And so it's a clip of her. The first one I saw is her in full Gamora paint and everyone's like eating donuts off the snack table. And she, of course, is covered in paint and has to watch her figure as well. So she can't eat the donuts and someone just comes up and brings her like an individual slice of a peach <laughs> and it's just her looking at it in horror and then the video ends like 
There's other ones of like her having to eat a peach while everyone is enjoying. There's like four or five of them. They're fucking hilarious though because it's like Gamora can't eat snacks and it's it's got just that. It's got to be like oh god, I can't find finally filming. I get to see him again. Right. Even though it's not our Gamora, it's going to be new Gamora. 2014 Gamora. 2014 Gamora, who's I have to fucking sit through another them trying to fall in love bullshit again. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fucking. I couldn't even imagine what they're gonna put on the next mix because now Star Lord has a Zune that has a bunch of shit on it. Uh, I I'm afraid we're about to get like some like early 2000s well, fucking. No, dude, I think we're gonna get like 90s grunge because he's gonna be all depressed. Huh? Because I, I, if if it doesn't open or there's not a scene where he's listening to like Pearl Jam and sitting in his quarters, being all mopey, wearing a flannel that they flew back to Earth for him to grab when he started listening to Pearl Jam, <laughs> like he tried to track down at least somebody that he was related to, fucking found a goddamn old beat up shirt. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like an old like nasty Nirvana shirt. And a like cut off flannel, and he's sitting there, and that that I think that's the direction they should go with. It. I think it make more sense. Or oh my god, no. Or more hair metal. No. Or or they just pull out the stops, and he's listening to like Alanis, Natalie and Ruglia. Like <laughs> if it just opens, and it's him like standing it, sitting in his room, doing the. I'm on This is how I feel. <laughs> That'd be so. Well, we gotta go. He comes out and he like wipes his face and he goes, Man, I can't believe Yandu listens to this crap. Hey, man, that's, I miss Yandu. That's why I'm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Quill. Yeah, that, I think I think they, if they were smart, they'd play, they'd have a lot of fun with this mix. Because, oh, I fun, mean, yeah. him being able to have a Zoom opens up to so much more. Yeah, because that's at least up until like 2007 before like people really stopped using Zooms completely. Have him like discover like the new new kids on the black album and be like, What is this? I thought they sang the right stuff, not this wrong stuff. What? What? I don't know anything and about then, new kids on the block besides that one song. Uh, that's all you really need to know. Uh 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 uh. That and Donnie Wahlberg was in it. Oh yeah, that dude got his fucking head smashed open and saw. Uh and he was also Lieutenant Spears. I think in Band of Brothers. Um, that was a pretty good one. Good show. Um, but yeah, I think the the post credit scenes of the Eternals almost got me more excited than the entire movie of the know, Eternals because you get like kinda, it, Blade it, dropping his fucking. Oh, you sure you want to take that? Like, I just want to see him on screen. I know. I want Mahershala Ali to actually just be Blade already and just like be like in like two movies at this yeah, point. Let's just. Let's just he was so good in Luke Cage. Work on getting past the Wesley Snipes blade. Yeah, because Wesley Snipes was immediately supportive, even though he wanted to pitch like several fucking ideas wanted, for Blade. Yeah, he wanted to come back, but they didn't get cast. So he was. I'm, I'm glad to see he's supportive of it. I, I think it's good too because you need a younger actor that can like be around for at least a few years. A few you know, years and like if they if they wanted to have him show up as like you know alternate universe blade at some point because they've got the multiverse open right. that'd be fun but you know are they going to have him as a kind of what was that old guy's name um whistler yeah whistler yeah they could have wesley snipes as whistler that'd be pretty cool um 
I was kind of pictured Bill Mosley. Yeah. Thousand Corpses would be a great whistler from our Marshall at least. That that would be kind of cool, actually. I think he I Bill Mosley's just a great actor and I think he needs more work. I just watched mm-hmm. uh, Repo, Genetic Opera, the other day. I didn't like that movie. I wasn't a huge fan. Um uh, well, okay. All of the characters being from other things I loved and then seeing them in a musical definitely elevated it a little bit for me. Like Giles from fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. As the repo man uh, was hilarious. And on top of that, he has an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Bill Mosley fucking got stuck out to pussy stink on my gun from <laughs> Devil's Rejects. And, and he's like singing habits on sure it's still about murder, but he's, you know, performing musical theater. And there's just something hilarious in that. Oh, definitely. The, the humor like to I it is down interesting. On musical theater at all. It's just funny to me when you see an actor that does both mm-hmm. so well because it's jarring. Right. Yeah, it's definitely really interesting. That's why I really liked Evil Dead, the musical. I never got to see it. Ooh, it's, I, really I really hope they start doing another production of it at some point because now they got the Evil Dead Rises coming out pretty soon. Oh, that's the off of the reboot. Well, technically, the reboot was explained away as the the, the area, like that cabin, basically oh. making those events happen again okay. because it wanted to complete the ritual that it didn't get to with Ash. Okay. So with Evil Dead Rises, we're getting Ash and we're getting ridiculousness, right? No. With Evil Dead Rises, you're getting a movie that's more set around the Necronomicon as an object. So it's them in like a high-rise building. But like full of people that the deadites can take control of. Not like that, that show. Yeah, no, it's not going to be like wacky zany. I'm pretty sure there's trying to be like a little bit toeing the line. Honestly, like they'll have like funny moments, but it'll still be like more like horror oriented in a way. I don't know. I like the that remake to me was just kind of like, oh look, another fucking white people dying in the woods because. of demons thing oh dude i loved it it was like an alternate reality where it was like okay we're taking this really fucking seriously this is the fucking most serious goddamn story we could ever fucking tell in our entire lives yeah, and like you know the first evil dead was the same way um you know it had its campy moments but, but that was mainly production on the camp for the next one and really like had fun with it and that's how i always love my evil dead is you know wacky full of camp this is my boomstick like you know that kind of shit that's army of darkness Army of Darkness, it was still Ash. Yeah, I know, but that was like the campiest one. That was the one where like they didn't really show blood at all. Oh, yeah. Well, they did, but they had that like explosion of blood at the beginning with the witch and the, and the fucking well thing. God, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's always been what I've loved in Evil Dead was there being a little bit of silliness while still having the horror to it. Um, yeah. So if they're if they're gonna keep going as hardcore serious and not at least putting a little camp in there, like you know, a lot of horror movies do nowadays. Yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be like still campy bits and stuff, but like I'm sure it's gonna have a lot of that uh, similar like tone of like a modern day horror movie because like you you can see it in like the cinematography and like the overall like color grading that they use in most movies nowadays, where like it's like this feels like it's of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, I've got I've got hopes for a movie that I'm not necessarily like excited about. Mm-hmm. Um 
But yeah, you know, it's, it, it'll 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 come to pass. I'll end up watching it because it's uh, it's right in my wheelhouse. So. Right, it's a series that I love, and I have to finish it. Like Hawkeye, I I really enjoyed Hawkeye. Nice segue. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So we we covered the first uh, the first four episodes. Yep, and then uh, at the end of last season, and it was a lot of fun to like see. It's like diehardy, like action movie play out with Jeremy Renner kind of passing the torch to Haley, who is fucking killing it. She was doing really great in the whole fucking series. Yeah, they I really let not, her shine. I was not necessarily excited for her um, <clears throat> because I thought mistakenly that she was just one of the like Disney Channel kids mm-hmm. that they were like moving up um, from back in the day, but I had no idea that she was like, and she's an established actress since she was like 12. She was in, uh, Oh, come on. It's Ray. It was right there. Rooster Cockburn. What? Yeah. Rooster Cockburn. Rooster Cockburn. Cockburn is probably Cockburn, but Cockburn sounds funnier. Oh, fuck you. I'm going to look it up. Rooster Cockburn. Call me Rooster. Yeah, oh, my God, it's going to bother the shit out of me. So Mike's going to Google that while I tell y'all about how much I enjoyed Haley Steinfeld's rise in this character. How, like, you got to see the fact that Hawkeye's inspiration made her the athlete and, like, overachiever in her own ways that she actually ended up being. But she's also that underachiever that kind of got kicked out of school. You know, she's not really, like, doing all too great in her own little, like, above it. fucking great. She was in True Grit? True Grit, yeah. Oh, she was like the main person. She's the one that goes and hires Rooster to avenge her family. Nice. But like, yeah, so I don't know. I just I feel like she came into her own during this series in such a good way that that fucking stinger at the end of episode six where she's like, all right, how about like Lady Hawkeye? And he's like, nah. And she's like, okay, what about um like fucking, what was it? It was like Hawk something. It's like Hawk Lady or something like that. And he's like, no, no. How about... And then, yeah, you get the fucking title card. And it's like, yeah, of course, it's him being like, how about we just call you Hawkeye? And then... How about I finally go home to my fucking kids? Dude, and then go bang Agent 19 because they actually confirmed that Laurel Barton is fucking goddamn Mockingbird. Oh, God, that was was something I... Dude, you called that when this got... The watch? Like, when the watch got show right yeah because i was like why does clint give a shit like it doesn't seem like it's tony's or anything like that no i yeah i thought maybe it was gonna be one of the time travel bracelets uh but no dude mockingbird we it's a little bit of a like oh so nothing else is really gonna come of that but not everything needs to lead to something i mean potentially the next time we see Haley steinfeld kate bishop and stuff we can have Clint or Laurel come in. Yeah, she could be the uh, the the guy in the chair. Yeah, puts it exactly because she has that potential. Because she was doing that for Clint the entire time too, True. being like, "Yeah, here's what the Russians have been up to. Here's fucking what Kazi's like." Also, if they killed Kazi, they lost a huge opportunity to make him the clown. But then again, they could also make him the clown for Echo because she kind of did. Yeah. Stick it to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Echo is, is another another segue here that, because uh, it involves Kingpin's return. 
Oh my god, I was so happy to see Kingpin, but then yeah, Kate Bishop yeah. fucking beat the fuck out of homeboy. Yeah. She wrecked his shit hardcore. She shot him point blank with an arrow in the chest, and that dude snapped it out and was like, "The fuck!" I was like, "That's some thick armor, bro. What yeah. the hell?" Well, see now that both him and Murdoch, uh, sorry Charlie Cox, are um, saying that their characters in these are their characters from the Marvel Netflix. That's even more interesting because you got the hand already established in New York, exactly. and that's kind of what Kingpin's fighting against almost. You've got the hands established. You've got uh, um, Electra doing all her shit. Now that's. Oh, man, Miss that, Nachos. That's going to lead me to my biggest question. Where the fuck was everyone when the immortal ninjas were digging for dragon bones in New York? Only the defenders knew. Yeah, and I just, I, I still, it's, it's it's the question that permeates pretty much anything after the first Avengers movies is why didn't you just call the fucking Avengers? Because they all live their own normal lives. They can't always be at work. We're here in Brooklyn, in Hell's Kitchen, and there is a bunch of ninjas. They're digging up Dragon Bone so Susan Sarandon can keep being an immortal crime boss. Sounds like something, at least one of them. Even the lower tier ones. Fuck it. Send Maria Hill. But. Tony Smolder's back. I don't give a fuck. Just. At that point, like, all they knew was, like, you know, like, aliens exist and stuff like They didn't actually know about magic at that point. That's very true. So, like, somebody calling and being like, there's a fucking underground gang that's hunting for dragon bones. They'd be like, who the fuck cares? I bet if they passed it up to Thor. He might kind of be he like, oh, yeah, insight. dude, the old oh, dragons on Earth. Like, or he'd just be like, dude, the dragons back in the day, those were crazy. Like, yeah, if you get their bones, there's like some crazy magic you can do with that shit. But, yeah, so not that they're now confirmed that that all happened, which not just the city events of the Defenders. Um, in the MCU, a large portion of Hell's Kitchen was blown up. Shortly after the attack on New York, we're talking like a year into mm-hmm. season one. Um, massive reveals of like human experimentation by other companies, a la Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, yeah. have come forth. Uh, whatever happened in Iron Fist, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, him spending was- four episodes being like, I'm Danny Rand. And they're like, fuck you, Danny's dead. And he's like, but I'm Danny Rand. It's like uh, character. I don't know, man. Danny Rand should have been so much better than that fucking show was. They ended on a cool note where he actually <sighs> learned how to channel the Iron Fist into weaponry and stuff. And it's like that's awesome. That's really fun. And then they were like, they "Oh, but yeah, straight up." And then we don't get to get it because I mean, it's honestly I'm glad that we're just gonna we're gonna start over. Pretty much, these guys. Um, I. Step one. You know, uh, we got Kingpin um, showing up in, in his... Uh, oh, God, no, I remember the name of the comic, and it's gone now. I'm not going to re-Google it. That one Spider-Man comic? That one Spider-Man comic where he's just in the fucking Miami white suit with the Hawaiian shirt uh, and walking stick. <laughs> Looking way too chill to be fucking rolling. immediately brings it right back to Wilson Fisk in the back of that fucking van in the end of Daredevil season one. Yeah. That gravitas 
is the only word I can describe it. The way he just brings you right into every word when he does it, when he's talking, it's like, she's betrayed us. Oh, God. It's, he's just so good. Yeah, he's really great at this character. Um, I really don't think anyone else could pull it off. Um, and then it's implied that Echo kills him. Uh, but it's also a scene from a very popular very Echo popular. comic where fucking she pulls the trigger on him, but it blows out one of his eyes and he becomes blind for a temporary amount of time. And then he ends up getting a experimental surgery and he gets his vision back and his eyes back. Bring aim back. We do that. Yeah, we can bring aim back because you know what they also want to do for uh, a couple of movies. I don't know when they're actually going to do it, but they're trying to squeeze in Modoc at some point. Hmm. I can see that being done. Well, um, that's who honestly should have been Aldrich Killian. A mechanized organism designed only for killing. Uh, Aldrich Killian from uh, Iron Man 3. Oh, uh, see, I was thinking uh, they bring back the dude that was the, the uh, yellow jacket. Because he got oh, crunched yeah. into fucking quantum dust and they can fucking just find some way to be like, oh, and he was in. The quantum, the the quantum town yeah, of whatever the, the fuck. The movie is actually titled Quantumania, and they're already talking about Kang. So the next, I mean, dude, the next few movies, especially with everything Eternals introduced, could go so wide. Yeah, they got lots of room. A lot of room, uh, which is why it was kind of nice to have Hawkeye be nice and grounded. Yeah, exactly. Just some ground level New York shenanigans. Up. We got tracksuit mafia. You know, silly guys being silly, but still trying to kill our heroes. We got Kate Bishop killing people by way of owl. We got girls night with new Black Widow and new Hawkeye, which I don't know. That scene, I'm not a huge, I'm still not sold on her. Yeah, I think Yelena needs to uh, tone down the accent just like two notches. A little bit. Um, Even even if it's not the accent, while you're supposed to be a spy, that was the whole thing with Natasha is that she could switch her accent on and off because she was amazing mm-hmm. as a spy. Um, super thick Russian accent's going to stick out. Anyway, I'm just still not sold on, on the character um, as a whole, but I enjoyed their interactions through Hawkeye of like when they're fighting in the building and they're like complimenting each other on their moves. Uh, afterwards, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was great character development on that. I enjoyed the mm-hmm. show on that. Um, the payoff we got there it, for between her and Hawkeye was a little, I don't know. She's kicking his ass and he's like, I'm not going to fight you. And then he does the secret whistle from the, from the Black Widow movie. Yeah. Their little two-tone whistle that they whistle to each other to call out. And she instantly was like, what the fuck? And he goes, she talked about you all the time. Like, I know about who you are and like how you were her sister and like you grew up together. Like, there's more to this than you know. Yeah, I did. I did appreciate that uh, conversation between them with them wrapping it up. And then, I don't know, she was hired by this Madam Hydra. Or they haven't called her that in the MCU yet. But yeah. To go and kill Clint Barton. 
we're assuming on the orders of somebody else, probably Kingpin. No, there was said that it was uh, K. Bishop's mom. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So now that she's arrested, technically the fucking contract wouldn't have been able to get paid out anyway. And it's so there's still it's still open then, right? Not really, because like they hired her specifically, so like it wouldn't be like the other Black Widows like would come after. Send another one. Yeah, because like unless Julie Louise Drivers is just like that fucking hell bent. Yeah, true, and and like we mentioned, I think uh, during the. Uh, the last time we talked about Hawkeye, um, we don't really see what happened to the Black Widows during the blip. Um, that was so cool. Fucking Yelena scene where she's splashing the water in her face. She turns into fucking dust and then she comes back. But then everything starts to slowly morph around her. And she's like, what the that fuck? That was wild, man. Um, finally, because we saw a little bit of it with uh, Monica. But she was taking a nap. So when she came she back, she wasn't aware. Into it. Exactly. Whereas with uh, Yelena, she was conscious through the whole thing. So she just came back. So we finally get to see it as the blip. Yeah. And like it literally was like those people didn't experience those five years, but they just literally had like one second of like, oh, shit, we're on the other side now. What's up? Yeah. That's why I love Spider-Man's line in Endgame where he's just like, yeah, Doctor Strange says it's been five years or something. And like, yeah. hey, we're back now. And I don't even know what happened. Fall, or I must have passed out. Just woke up. He said it's been five years. And he started doing the circle hand thing and the sparkly hand thing that he always does. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Tom Holland's great. Which we will be diving full on into next week. Yeah. Um, so. There's a lot to be said about No Way Home. Overall, from my episodes, I'm going to say... Eternals, I'm going to give it like a 5.5 because like it wasn't a bad movie, but I was not that interested in it at all. So like out of 10, I feel like that's being pretty generous for the most part because like I'm not saying it's bad. Five is not a bad movie. Yeah. Middle of the road. Five is a little bit up there. So I'm sticking with my seven because while there was pacing issues plagued it, like the movie itself mechanically wasn't great. But what saves it for me is now we have... Uh, the Celestials are mm-hmm. an established being. We saw the head of a Celestial in Guardians and then again in Infinity War. Um, and then that, that was kind of it. So now we see them like full on. We got that fucking amazing scene, that beautiful imagery of Arashem showing up at Earth and you see his face through the atmosphere in like I, I, I'm a huge fan of um, the, the megalophobia stuff. Yeah. Like where you see like impossibly giant things that like Eldritch style horror and that like to me they've got to mention that coming mm-hmm. up in the MCU like there's a big hand world. coming out of the fucking middle well, of the world. The face like you the sky goes dark and then there's, oh, yeah. there's a person standing out in space that's five times fucking bigger than our planet and the hands of one of those things is now a giant rock formation and so is half of its head. And half of its head is sticking up. So like I don't know. There's a lot. It sets up a lot for the MCU. And what I always look for in a movie, if it's not going to be fantastic, and, uh, you know, a la, say, like, uh, Civil War, uh, Age of Ultron, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not going to be that level of awesome for me, it's got to have the openings of doors for farther down in the MCU. We have the Celestials. We have the Eternals are there. We've got fucking Star Fox. Uh you know, there's there's a lot there. We got Ebony Blade uh, falling in the hands of Dane Whitman so we get to see Kit Harrington take the black again. And God, I hope 
other Game of Thrones fans are as nerded out about that as I am. Uh, we get to hear Blade's voice. There's a lot in the movie that is like going to be great going forward, but yeah, mechanically it just kind of fell flat, which is why I'm only giving it a seven. That's fair. Yeah, because like if if it was more. Honestly, yeah, I would almost like say like pretty much on par with like what I would consider Thor: The Dark World. That because like it's like it's like a commercial for things to come, but like there's also a lot more than just that commercial to the point where you're like, ah, but like can what we, what are we even talking can we, about? Can we be done? Can we just get through it? Like, yeah, I, I feel yeah. yeah, and so and then um, with Hawkeye, I want to give that like a seven, seven point five, maybe because like it was fun, a really good ride, but like. It wasn't extraordinary, but it didn't need to be. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna ride the party line here and give it a, give it a seven, uh, seven and a half as well because it did. It did help. Um, it kind of cl- it helped close out Hawkeye's story because we see him at the end of Endgame. He's just like, "Fuck, I'm sad," and Wanda's like, "Fuck, me too." And then Wanda gets closure mm. immediately. Well, immediately she has to go through that whole series, but. We spent like two years with Clint just being like, ah, that sucked. Yeah. Now he comes back and finally gets to be like, oh my God, that sucked. And like, we get the exploration of all that. And yeah. So uh, while it wasn't cosmic and it wasn't out there and it didn't, it didn't open as many doors as say Eternals did. Um, it was still, yeah, like I said, it was a fun ride. It was, you know, I, Die Hard is one of my favorite movies. So getting a Marvel Die Hard movie where I get to see Vera Farmiga and Haley Steinfeld on screen at different times, sometimes at the same time. <laughs> you know, it's that was a major treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were, you know, it was there were some sloggy parts. Like yeah. I said, I'm, I'm personally, I probably would have rated it higher, but I'm not the biggest fan of the new Black Widow. I, I don't mind her very much. Honestly, I think if she gets more chance to like kind of, feel out the character it'll become more of like a fluid thing but i feel like she was almost kind of like trying really hard to do the russian accent the entire time yeah and that that truly that was part of it for me it was the distracting like kind of over the top russian accent right like at this point in her life she would have had to like be hiding in an undercover like pretty hardcore like you'd think just dawned on me dude she was part of the blip yeah, she was gone she, for five years. So when she comes back, does she just like, yo, what's up, Black Widows? I'm back. Like, hopefully all my contacts are still there. I'd assume so. They'd probably be like, oh, oh shit, thank God you all back. But that also might be like why she's working for uh, Julia Weiss Driver's character. True. Yeah, we. I guess we shall see, you know. Yeah, like, lots we, of good uh, implications. Set up at the top, man. We've got a lot of Marvel coming out. Which is pretty crazy. It's insane to me the fact that this year is going to be so full of Marvel and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star um, Wars, especially. Holy shit! I am. Uh, um, uh, no promises on when it'll be recorded or released, but I am book, book, currently book. working on myself for uh, a little um, get it out of my system episode where I can just yell about Star Wars for two hours. Are we just going to do Star Wars in general, or do you want to do the sequel trilogy? I kind of want to do a three parter where I where we hit the prequels and original trilogy and then want to do one on the uh the the sequel trilogy because i've got a lot to say about that one um and then the third one i've got i'm 
the philosophy of all of it involved is is something I really want to touch on. And uh, the the third one is basically going to be me and all of the shit I talk about, like with the cyclical storytelling, uh, generational trauma. It's going to be all the nuts and bolts of why the Star Wars series does fucking work. No, we're not. No, I'm not doing this. I mean, I I got some retorts that I could definitely toss your way, but I guess we can save that for the episode. We're going to do that for an episode. Um, So, yeah, here it is, uh, guys. Uh, End of Hawkeye and Eternals for episode one of season two of the Bog Talk podcast. Um, That uh, we're going to call the Scream the holiday special, I guess, then. Right. uh, New Year's special. Seen Scream with the boys. Yeah. Um, keep your eyes, ears, whatever, peeled. Uh, pretty soon I'll be, we'll be getting the episode, the Lost in the Bog episode with uh, Jackass. Uh, Jackass Forever. Yeah, that was a really fun one to do. That I was coming up uh, next week or the week after. I may or may not have been decently inebriated for that one. Yeah. And like I said, I wasn't there for that. I was being old. I uh, still need to go see this movie. It's oh my god, dude! You got to see it on a night that you're gonna have a crowd because that was part of the hype. That's kind of what it seems like. That's oh my god! Or like wait for it to be out on streaming and invite everyone over to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, maybe maybe we do uh, a live reaction. I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, do like a little like commentary track kind of thing. Yeah, bog tracks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, next week we're going to be diving into Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch in the. Spider-Man Way Home. It may be some visitors from the multiverse. Maybe. Dude. Still wish it was a different movie, but I'm not mad at what they did at all because of the way they executed it. They did it. This this was a flawless movie. But we'll talk about that next week. Next time on the Bog Talk. That was the uh, going to be the Power Rangers theme song. Um, uh, I was thinking uh, next time on Bog Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So next time, guys, uh, we'll be talking No Way Home. Um, but other than that, Alex, you got anything else we need to yell at him? Fucking watch Peacemaker on HBO Max because honestly. James Gunn has done to the DC Extended Universe what they were trying to do for like six fucking movies where it's like, oh, you just make it interesting and you just kind of like, you can literally just throw it out there that these people already exist so we don't need to get a billion fucking origin stories over and over again. You make the the plot cohesive and use humor to mask the slow parts. Yeah. Dude, he made me love a Sylvester Stallone shark with a second grade reading level. Like, yeah, Nanawe was great. He's, he's, fucking, he's a good James Gunn's amazing. Man. But he's also made several characters canon in the DC universe at this point, and I'm super for it because he wanted to use Batmite for the Suicide Squad movie. So they just drop a reference that they would much rather be teamed up with Batmite than Peacemaker. And he's like, who the fuck's that? And they're like, the two foot tall magic dude from a different dimension that's a huge Batman stand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And like it's great, or they even drop a reference where uh, one of the first villains that Peacemaker took down was fucking Kite Man. Oh, sweet! Oh, I'm gonna be, I, see. I liked Kite Man in the uh, Poison Ivy sh- or, uh, Harley in the, show. If Poison Ivy does get a lot of play in that fucking I show, just, though, it was the Harley Quinn Poison Ivy show. Right? Yeah, exactly. 
And now they're an item, so now it's really the fucking Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy show. We'll see if we ever get another season of that, though. Uh, when you pay s- off that wazoo for voice actor. Is it, is it coming? Yeah, it's still in production. They on, At DC Fandom, they had like this like one where they're like, we only have animatics currently, but like... We're going to play them for you and let you know that, like, the animation's just taking a while. So, we're going to have this show soon, but we have most of it, like, recorded and stuff. Well, sweet. So, yeah, watch Peacekeeper. We'll uh, we'll, we'll cover that series in the future um, once I get around to watching it. Uh, again, I'm really bad at keeping up on this stuff. Uh, I took me a month to see Spider-Man and then a month and a half to record the episode. So, um, but yeah, uh, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, it is a pleasure to sit here and rant into your ear holes for an hour and a half. Oh yeah. It's always great. Maybe we'll finish with a little ASMR sometime. Oh um, yeah. Um, it's my mustache rolling on the microphone. Can you hear it? I wish I had nails. So I can just, 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 and wow, we just lost all our subscribers. We haven't even uploaded the episode yet they all felt um, it in the fucking aura um so yeah uh next week no way home uh after that we are going to be diving into some other stuff so thank you very much for everyone for listening uh i am bogwraith underscore mike on instagram and i'm alexander the wraith that is on instagram make sure to hop on there head over to our patreon to check out the uh the band stuff we got going on there we got all sorts of new shit uh merch wise coming up um, a couple more stuff. Uh, I'm not going to announce an announcement, but uh, there it is. So, uh, thank you everyone so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Good night. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support us as well as our band, you can head over to patreon.com slash bogwraithmi. That's bogwraithmi. Thanks so much, everyone.